Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Baby Bowl Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I'm Wes Easley, one of your hosts at Loafing It Over on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show's Twitter handle, Edify Today, with a little underscore over on Twitter or X or whatever it is we're calling it this week. And don't forget to follow my friend, Rob Norton, not only on Twitter or X, but also over there on TikTok, at Norton0723. I'll say it. Let, let, let me say it for the people in the back. At Norton, 0723. Follow him over there on all <laughs> different places. And he's got his link tree posted as well, so you can follow him everywhere all the time. Hey, Rob, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yes, yeah, same as you. Same as you, my friend. Hey, uh, we, we, I, I'm doing Raz Bowl this week. I'm not in the same division as you, which makes me happy. Uh, because you and I know each, <laughs> we know we know what we're gonna do. We we know what each other gonna do. But it seems like there's some people that are in these things, uh, you know, in in all these different divisions. That I, I get kind of you said you said Howard Bender is that his name? Howard Bender is picking like right in front of me, yeah, so he's so. sniping me. I think so. I think so. Isn't he like the big time fantasy alarm guy? Yeah, as I say, I'm pretty sure he's a uh, like Roto Buzz guy from oh, Fantasy yeah. Alarm. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Man. So yeah, yeah. He's a uh, he's right there in 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 your division, I believe. No, he's picking right next to me or in front of me. Yeah. He, you know, I'm definitely behind him as far as picks go. Whenever it comes to any kind of draft, I believe Rob that that. So I'm <laughs> I'm kind of intimidated. So as we get on this show tonight, I I'm going to tell you a couple of things. One, some some big hits. I think I think I've nailed some things so far in this preseason and all our analyst talk and everything. I think I've nailed a couple of things, and I wonder if you've nailed a couple of things. But I also think I'm missing a couple of things. You know what I mean? Like I I'm scared. I'm nervous that I'm taking big stances on some things. And they're going to be completely wrong. I don't know if you have any of those or yet or not. I, I I have some of those. Well, plus we're going to go over some baseball stuff, and then we're going to finish off our discussion about the best offenses in the league, put them at different tiers over there in the NFC. We did the AFC last week, so we'll kind of review that a little bit. But Rob Norton, tell me about your Raz Bowl. Yeah, so I feel pretty good about it. Um, I had some risk risk on it. Um, I had some different pivot points where. I debated some guys, and I mean, honestly, the thing that makes me the most nervous is my pick of Brees Hall. Um, I just, eh, I really like Brees, but he and he was the best running back left on my board at the time. I yeah. part of me, part of me, kind of wishes I would have taken Chubb at the previous turn, mm-hmm. um, and then just gone receiver, receiver here um, instead of Brees. But at the same time, I was looking at the receivers available and didn't necessarily love any of the, the picks um, aside from my Christian Watson one, which, you know, I, my love of him, but, but yeah, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a little interesting. I went pretty wide receiver heavy um, with it being a, with it being a full PPR uh, format with no, like, it's not like Skyfish bowl where there's, um, you know, point point two five points per carry and things like that no uh, premiums or anything. So it's just a standard full PPR league. And on top of that, it's three wide receiver, two flex. So you could start five wide receivers any given week. Right. Um, so I went pretty, pretty wide receiver heavy early on. Um, and, uh, you know, we're only through, we're through 10 picks at this point in ours. Um, I've made, I made 10 picks and uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I went really wide receiver heavy early. I'm eight. I'm eight. I, we're we're eight in. 
I ended up with Justin Fields again. Uh, he's he might be my ride or die this year. I don't know. He just might be my ride or die. I, I, I I'm I'm all in on Justin Fields. I guess as a Chicago Bears fan, Rob, I can't quit him. And I understand it doesn't translate well over to fantasy. And and you know me well enough, Rob. I usually don't have any Chicago Bears on my teams. I have none because I can't. I can't stomach it on Sundays when I'm sitting there watching the games and uh, my fantasy team's doing bad. My NFL team's doing bad. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. It makes for a long day at the house. If that happens. Yeah. It's always tough. Always tough when you, uh, you know, when it comes to your home, home teams. Um, but I love fields. So I don't, I don't mind that. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, uh, I went with uh, Anthony Richardson, which is probably not a surprise to <laughs> to anyone. Um, I didn't get I got him fairly late, in my opinion. Uh, I got him in the right or tenth round or ninth round, end of the ninth, early tenth, um, something like that. So I I debated on him a little bit because this isn't like necessarily the best format for him um, because it's uh, you know twenty yards of passing for a point as opposed to 25 yards. So, you know, normally in standard leagues, a rushing yard is two and a half times more valuable than a passing yard um, for quarterbacks in this. It's two times more valuable. So it's slightly less for, for rushing QBs and it's a six point uh, passing touchdown as opposed to four point. So there's, there's a couple things that make it slightly less for him. I still just felt like though the upside for him was so good. And the fact that, it's a best ball format um, too that I, I was fine taking him, knowing that I'll have another another quarterback or two, um, especially for the first ten weeks when, when it is a best ball format. Yeah, and I don't want to go over all of our rosters on this because we've we've done that. We kind of exhausted that a little bit. Nern's got fishbowl and stuff like that too, and Rasball does a lot of things. But uh, I I texted you something I guess Monday before all this kicked off, before the Rasball kicked off. It was just a thought because there's been so many running back situations now in across the league, whether it's holdouts, whether it's injuries, all of a sudden, you know, just different things like that or injuries plaguing running backs from last season. I'm wondering if running backs aren't going to be more valuable this year because there may not be as many to choose from that are going to be those workhorse backs. I mean, you think about Indianapolis now, we're, we're what, two or three running backs deep in that, again, just like in the situation last year. Now, look, Jonathan Taylor may play week number one, but I, I've seen him on the field this preseason walking around. Rob, he, he did not look like a running back. He looked like a guy who was ready to sit down and lay down, something to take pressure off of his back. It looked rough for him to even just move. Uh, that That's not good. And I, I think about all those different situations across the league with injuries from last year carrying over into this year. And I'm just wondering if running back isn't going to be more valuable where maybe they can give you a, an edge, a bigger edge than traditionally in the past where we've gone zero RB or hero RB, where this year they're going to give you that positional fantasy point per game edge over your competition if you can lock up some of those workhorse backs that don't have any of those kind of concerns that that are carried over in my mind anyway right now yeah i i think there is um you know something to that for sure because that's kind of, i mean i kind of like that kind of thought every year to be honest um i usually have a certain a certain point where basically the running back drops off 
pretty steep for me, and that's when I usually just try to get a ton of receivers. And after, and then like that's, and that's usually how it goes each year. And then like it kind of varies from year to year in terms of how many I feel really comfortable with. Um, so basically, though, uh, the one th- I, I think that is a great point. I think the point being too that the there's less this year, so that drives up quicker. I think. And then the the thing that it does create though is that I think that if you don't to get those guys, mm-hmm. don't try to just take a lot of stabs at the 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 questionable guys in like the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round, like that that kind of stuff. For example, for example, um, let's say for example, Javante? like for me, what's that? Javante, Javante Williams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I, I personally am more out well, than in on on Javante. Well, then I'm um, just saying, is that is that the kind of guy you're talking about? One of those with a lot of question marks. Yeah, yeah, it's those kind of guys. Even, I mean, I'm not even really huge on like the Madisons, the Pierce, the those kind of guys. I mean, I think they're fine. I think they're fine. Um, but you know, those kind of guys. Even honestly, even like the Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I mean, I just, if he slips, like I'm fine taking him. But the thing is, is like af- once it gets to the point where basically like the the surefire guys are gone, maybe it's best to just load up on wide receiver. And then because what's going to happen is in if a lot of these cases come to be true, say Jonathan Taylor holds out and doesn't play, Josh Jacobs holds out and doesn't play, that's going to create incredible value for whoever drafted, you know, Evan Hall or Deion Jackson late or Zamir White late, that kind of thing. So, like, instead of just taking, you know, guys in the middle rounds, like a Javante Williams, like, you know, Madison, like those kind of guys, take high-end wide receivers there and then take the Evan Hall, the Zamir White, the, Mm. you know, all those guys late. Um, And if just one of those even hits, um, that's all you really need. I mean, that's why I I took Brees Hall as is. Um, To me, after that point, like, it was basically like Brees Hall and then it was like, I can't even remember who the next running back was because it was you know stevenson was gone henry was gone like all all those guys all like the surefire kind of guys were gone um and then from that point you know it was just like if i don't get one here i'm not gonna get one for a while probably and i i'm I'm always a drafter to draft like running backs late like i mentioned so so yeah, it's it's uh it's an interesting thought process. It's it's interesting like way it's shaping up with so many guys holding out and getting injured, things like that. Yeah, just uh, that was kind of the thought, and so that's why I, I ran with it. I changed it up. Uh, yeah, so go, you go through so many drafts, every once in a while you got to just change it up, just zag sure. and zig around a little bit. Just hey, let's go through this baseball stuff like we did last week a little bit. I thought it was helpful. I thought it was helpful for me anyway, as we keep trying to bring home a fantasy baseball championship to our listeners. Not only listeners of our you know stuff that we do for baseball, but also our listeners of the baby bowl because I know a lot of people out there play a lot of different sports and they're in this finale thing. And, you know. It's really hard, like, I'm going to say Yahoo. I'm going to say some other sites as well. Uh, traditionally, kind of start slacking off on their fantasy baseball content as the football season draws nearer. And and <laughs> I don't want to do that because we got to bring home these fantasy baseball championships, Rob. And I think we could talk about these things a little bit just to give a little planning out of who is going to have a good week maybe next week, who has good hitter matchups. According to ESPN's, what is this? Is It, it is the uh, a baseball forecaster. Baseball forecaster. Man, remember Tristan, who is this? Tristan Cockroft? 
Is that his name? Yeah. It's Cockroft? Yeah. Salt remember that stat. show? Yeah. Remember that show? The uh, the ESPN? That was a great show, man. That was a that was a wonderful yeah. podcast. I love it. It was. It was. I was sad to see it go. I, I was too. Uh, but anyway, according to this, who's who has good hitter matchups, not necessarily pitching matchups, because you and I do not care about pitching. So that's all. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll just break down each one of these teams real quick and maybe throw some ads in there for people or some trade um, uh, tra- people that they could trade for. All right, Arizona looks like they have I, – I was going through this earlier. There's no good hitter matchups, Rob. There's like one or two. There's a few, only a few, yeah, it seems like. Arizona, not so great, right? It's just – it's going to be a pitching matchup. It, it's time to stream pitchers is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Atlanta Braves always have good matchups. It feels like that. Those bats are just always red hot. They should be able yeah. to steal a lot of bases too. I was trying to think about that. Who could some? There, there's nobody out there on the waiver wire that's going to steal bases. Yeah, that's I'm saying. That's the thing. It's not no one on the wire. The, someone I could think of that might still be cheaper to trade for, if possible, would be Michael Harris. Who's yes, I thought yeah, come on strong lately, and but his early season struggles, weighing his like season long. Uh, numbers down, so maybe if you know someone hasn't been paying attention to what he's doing lately, as opposed to just looking at his overall line, maybe get him. You could get him for cheaper than what what you normally could. And, he, and like you said, there's a lot of a uh, lot of stealing base stealing opportunity this this coming week. Like eight, we're looking at eight three through eight twelve here. Uh, yes, and it's it's Pittsburgh next week for four games. It looks like, and then the Mets, the Mets at the yeah. at the end of it. Um, and it's probably going to be more than that. It's got a game one and a game two on Saturday, which means that they're going to be playing four games in New York. Uh, is what it looks like. So that's going to be good. Maybe maybe Ozuna is out there on the waiver wire, and you could yeah. probably trade for Ozuna. Is what Pretty I'm thinking. Cheap, yeah. Maybe Michael Harris as well. Arcia, kind of empty stats there. I don't. That's it. Baltimore, good steals at the beginning of the week whenever they face the Mets next week or this weekend. They're they're facing the Mets this weekend. Yeah. I, there's there's a couple of there's a there's a couple of uh Orioles out there. You could you could probably get Mateo. I don't know how long people have as far as their flip goes for their league trade deadlines go or anything like that, but you could probably get Mateo from somebody. Yeah, and he might be on the wire in in, in a bunch of leagues too and um trying to think of some I would Adam say Frazier. Jordan Westberg. Yeah, Adam. Yeah, he, yeah. Adam Frazier, Jordan Westberg, um, Colton Kowser. Kowser, Kowser, and Westberg obviously been the big the big call ups, but neither of them has really lit the world on fire so far, um, and they're kind of getting platooned a bit. So mm-hmm. watch for that. But um, yeah, Frazier is an interesting one. Um, he's been pretty pretty solid lately. Actually, he has a decent line for the entire year too, but just been yeah. solid lately. And then. Uh, yeah, like you said, Mateo looked to see if he's playing though too. He's been kind of getting platooned a lot too. Yeah, and, and and it's possible that maybe some of these numbers will change a little bit. Like I'm thinking about the New York Met pitching staff now. It, it's probably not as strong as it once was. Whenever you had, whenever they're putting in the calculator of the, the upcoming schedule of a Verlander and uh, in there, so maybe the right-handed bat, maybe everybody's Orioles bats could be a little bit better. And if if that's the case, maybe look for a Mount Castle. Mount Castle has been yeah. on fire as of late. On fire, he's one of he our has. darlings. The Orioles were our darlings last year. Remember that? Yeah, they were. They were. They were. I, I, I'm going to say that next year it's going to be my A's. I, I, I called them my A's already. 
<laughs> hey, Boston Red Sox next week. They play against Kansas City in the middle of the week. Should be great hitting matchups all the way around. Left-handed, right-handed batters. It does not matter. Some of those Boston Red Sox, man. If if if, if what Tristan Costas is out there, I think you got to pick him up as a first baseman if you need one of him. He he has been his stat cast pace is fantastic, Rob. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been on fire lately, and yeah, KC is one of the worst. Um, Staffs in the league, one of the worst teams in the league in general, but yeah, one of the worst staffs to staffs to pick on. So yeah, I like that. And Durant, who if you happen to if he's still out there, just a must add at this point. Yeah, for sure. All right, my Cubs, who are scoring, uh, averaging twenty runs a game this week, I believe is what they're averaging on fire. I think lit a fire underneath them that they didn't make any. I, I want to say didn't give up like Bellinger didn't didn't give up any of those pitchers the Kyle Hendricks the Stormans or anybody they just kept a hold of them and I think that just fired up this team Rob they they've been playing great against your Cincinnati Reds if I'm not mistaken yeah no yeah I, I'm I'm uh, I'm more of a Cleveland guy but I do love the Reds I know um, but you're an Ellie De La Cruz guy yeah you know? I, I do and that's the thing is I I've always liked the Reds in general and I. I love them right now, and so I'm rooting hard, rooting real hard for the Reds. But, but yeah, it's interesting out there. Yeah, and the Cubs, they have the Mets at the middle. middle the Mets are playing everybody next week. <laughs> so they're, they're playing the New York Mets at the middle next week, too, so great stealing opportunities. And I'll say Suzuki's out there. He, he loves to run. Ian Happ, too. He, he's going to come on strong here towards the end of the year. I, I got a feeling. Ian Happ. Yeah, I hope so. I got him a couple spots, so. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, he's he's. I think he's had a pretty solid year. Nothing like special, but um, yeah, he's a he's a power speed kind of guy that uh, can get going at any minute. Reds, uh, we're gonna. White Sox have got nothing. So sorry for all your White Sox. Start looking to trade your White Sox. Okay, just just trade your White Sox. Uh, Cincinnati Reds, they have got good hitting matchups next week. Rob, I was trying to think of this. Who who might be on the Reds that people could pick up? And I, I honestly think that that people could get the first baseman that was called up in Canarsie on Strand. Is that did I say that right? He, he might be. You might be able to persuade somebody to trade him to you. And he started to adjust, I think, a little bit more to major league pitching. At first, he started off kind of cold. You know, he had a home run like his second game, and then it was just ice after that. But it feels like to me, I have him on a couple of different places, and I keep a pretty good eye on these things. It just seems like he's starting to make that change a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, he was another one of the big name call ups, the last of them, basically, to come up. And um, but yeah, he's he's a. I think he's a really good hitter, uh, and uh, I, I like what he could do uh, middle of the lineup. He's actually pretty pretty available in Yahoo leagues. I think I think he was like yeah. around fifty percent rostered last time I checked. Um, but it might have been a day or two ago. But but um, yeah, I mean. I was trying to think if anyone is available. Jake Fraley's probably still too rostered to really get on the wire. And he's um, platoony too. You know, he's platoony. Yeah, he's uh, he's sitting left against lefties. Um, TJ Votto. Yeah, Frito. Yeah. Yeah, Votto. Votto. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a interesting team because they play in one of the best. It's probably the best home run park. Um, and they're all looks like all their games from Friday through Wednesday are home mm-hmm. um, and against some mediocre to bad pitching. So, yeah, if you can get any of those guys, do it quick. 
Yep, this weekend. This weekend. You need them this weekend, yep. and then they play Miami at home again uh, next week. So they'll be at home anyway. Miami, Miami Marlins. They they didn't throw in the towel, so they're still trying real hard, real hard. Uh, your Guardians, Rob. They are playing against the White Sox this weekend, which should be some good stealing matchups. And then next week, it doesn't look so good. Toronto and Tampa Bay, so maybe not the greatest of matchups. But there's a guy I'm, I'm keeping my eye on for your Cleveland Guardians. And, and, it, and it's really just because of eligibility. I am a sucker for eligibility. And this guy has catcher, first base, and outfield eligibility. I was like, oh, multiple position eligibility. All right. Fry. Fry is his name. And David it, Fry, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this is his first time up in the major leagues right now, mm-hmm. 24, 25 years old, if I'm not mistaken. And it, I'm not going to say he has impressive stats, but it's just the triple eligibility. I just I fall in love with stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, definitely. No, yeah. I mean, he's an interesting one for obviously you're going to play him for at catcher. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to have the extra eligibility, but obviously any guy who's eligible at catcher, you're gonna, you're gonna want to throw in a catcher for sure. Um, just because of how rough that position is, it's like the tight end of, uh, of baseball basically. So yeah, um, he has been doing pretty well though, uh, for, for a deeper league kind of, kind of add. So, um, he's someone to definitely keep an eye on because it seems like, uh, they really haven't given the position over to Bo Naylor like full time. Um, right. and, and, uh, fries, you know, held his own. Uh, I, I forgot. I failed to mention over for the Cubs. They got Candelario from yeah. Washington yeah. at the trade deadline. He is going to be first base eligible. He's every, every game. I think he's played since he's come over to Chicago. He's been a, a first baseman. And so he's going to be first base and third base eligible. And that guy, he, he is tearing it up right now. I, I think at the friendly at the friendly confines of Frigley Field, it may even be a better hitter park than Washington and a much yep. better lineup than Washington. So I, I would go ahead and take advantage of that. You think about Candelario, too. He spent all those years in Detroit, which just is going to supp- – it's going to suppress every single stat you have offensively. Then he goes over to Washington. He's having a really good year there. And now he's going to go into a more hitter-friendly ballpark in Chicago. I think he, I, we're, we're talking about a second-half breakout here maybe for Candelario that everybody's going to notice. Yeah, as I say, he's been he, – it's funny because he's been a guy that's like – kind of been underrated in the sense um he's better better for points league because he has a pretty good play discipline um but he's i mean he's been pretty good all around this year and uh mm-hmm. but kind of wasting away on the on the nationals lineup and then he for before that years before that it was on a bad detroit lineup so he's always been a guy that's kind of had more potential than what uh has come through and i'm hoping uh this is the the time where he really really goes on a tear Colorado, no, we don't need to worry about them. They're on the road, and we don't, yeah, we don't need to worry about them. Uh, Detroit, we don't need to worry about them. They're at home, so you, know, you can't worry about Detroit <laughs> either. I want to say Detroit's going to be one of my teams next year, too, because I just love Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson. He's just doing, they're both of them are stat cast darlings, right? And then they're going to yeah, have the, the third baseman coming up here pretty soon, I believe. I can't remember his I name. Hope. Yeah. Colt Keith. And, yeah, there you go. And, and so it just feels like that they're – it's just right there on the verge, but it doesn't. It, yeah, uh, it doesn't either. And I've always, so. I've always been a sucker for Javi Baez too. Um, wow. and and uh, you know, obviously he's formerly a Cub, one of your guys over there, and oh, uh, he's such an interesting player because he's just so erratic sometimes. But I mean, he has such a powerful swing when he gets a hold of it, <laughs> and like he can steal bags too. And I think he's a better, better for fantasy than real life kind of player. Um. 
but yeah, he's, I, I like Riley green a lot. I actually, uh, really, um, you know, deeper league kind of guy, Kerry Carpenter has been really oh, yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, his stat cast numbers are awesome for whoever hasn't seen that. Go check it out over at baseball savant and look at, look up Kerry Carpenter. Um, and that goes back even to minor leagues. I mean, he's, he's got a lot of power. So I, I really like this, uh, lineup when it's fully healthy too. I do too, but that was 45 seconds of wasted airtime on the Detroit Tigers. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't go out and get those guys. I, yeah. I, I, I got Torkelson on one of my teams because I needed a first baseman. It, it's just been empty. I mean, it's just been yep. empty, and and it's not his fault. It's he's one for four, two for four, three for four, and nothing to show for it at all. So yep. it's just one of the things. Houston Astros, uh, it, boy, I, the guy, I, I don't care. They don't have great matchups. Just not, nothing special, but just, Chase McCormick. Don't don't hesitate. I look like a genius now getting Chase McCormick, don't I? I just need Paul Goldschmidt to come around on that Ellie De La Cruz trade that I made. I'm gonna look like a genius, Rob Norton. Yeah, that he's McCormick's been insane. Uh, it's crazy too because I I heard a podcast today. People talking about would you rather have McCormick or Teoscar Hernandez the rest of the season? They said McCormick easily. And I was like, man, this is <laughs> this McCormick rise has been insane. But yeah, he's been he's been really good. Uh, so obviously, if he's somewhere out there, I don't think he is in most leagues at this point. But if he is, scoop him up, ride ride it until the wheels fall off. Uh, yeah, or trade Ellie De La Cruz for him too, like I did. Oh, that's crazy. Though. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. Uh, Kansas City, you can't, you know, Bobby Witt Jr. There you go. That's who you can't, that's who you, yeah. you can't get him. If you don't have him, don't worry about it. Nobody else we got to worry about. The Angels, look at that. Isn't that something about the Angels' Rough. schedule? The second half of the year is just like the toughest schedule amongst anybody, is what I've heard. And yeah. it, it, when you look at this, if, if this was a baseball savant page that we were looking at, it would just all be blue because that's yeah. all it is, is blue. And what are you going to do with that? Because they didn't throw in the towel. Shohei Atane is a free agent at the end of this year. It really shocked me that they didn't trade him because they could have got a haul for him, you would think. But I guess everybody around the major league knew that their backs were against the wall and they just weren't going to give up what Los Angeles wanted. Yeah, that's the thing is I think ultimately – what like I, I saw some people that I respect talking about how basically by trading him, I mean you're gonna you're gonna really alienate the franchise, the the fans first off, and then on top of that, I mean the bad the bad part about it is like you you're never going to get a return that's that's truly worth it for what he does, um, because you're you're only giving up a rental. No one's gonna want to give you what he's worth when they don't have a guarantee, he will stay with them. And then on top of it, not only do they have, does he have to get the guarantee they stay with them, but then he's going to, they're going to have to pay him a crazy amount. So it's, I mean, it's it somewhat made sense in that, at, from that point then to just turn and try to say, you know what, we're going to do whatever it takes to try to win this year. Um, show him that we're, we're truly dedicated to doing whatever it takes. Maybe he'll, you know, say, Hey, I like, I like LA. I like, I like Mike Trout. I like, I like my teammates and they're banking on that. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to stay, but, no. um, and then they're probably going to be left out in the cold with absolutely yeah. nothing, which is going to look really bad, but, and, and an aged Mike Trout, you know, and, uh, yeah. Rendon, it's, it's, it really feels like Los Angeles is about to become on the bottom half of everything instead of the top half of things. We got to get Mike yep. Trout out of LA. I agree. 
Miami Marlins, they will have a favorable schedule towards the middle of the next week when they play at Cincinnati. And there are some Miami Marlins out there that you might be able to get. Jorge Soler, I think, is on the is probably on the waiver wire. If he, if not, I'm sure you can persuade somebody to trade him you uh, trade trade him to you. And also uh, Josh Bell, didn't he go over there? And and I thought he had a yep. finger the other day. If he did this morning, he's played with Cleveland, you know? No, I'm just – he's he was frustrating with Cleveland. His underlying numbers weren't as bad as the production, though. So, um, I mean, obviously it didn't work out in Cleveland for him, but um, I think he could be a guy that maybe gets hot in the second half a little bit. And it's interesting because he's playing at Texas, at Cincinnati in these this, you know, weekend and early next week. Cincinnati, we mentioned, is, you know, best park for home runs for power. So – and Texas is a good hitter's park, too. In the Cincinnati Cincinnati Reds, like they have a good lineup, but they, you know, their pitching staff isn't the best. So right. it's a, it's a it's a spot to take advantage of for him. And then you know, obviously he's got the Yankees, a couple of tough matchups. So that's that's rough though. Yeah, and Brian De La Cruz too. I'll throw that. That's out the other game. one I was gonna say. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers should be able to run all over the Pittsburgh Pirates this weekend. So I don't know, Sal Freelick, you can go out there and get yep. him. Um, who, who else? Who, who's the who's ah man? See, that would have been a good joke if I could have pulled Rowdy Telez's name out of my hat. I couldn't pull it out. <laughs> I know he's on the injured list anyway, but it's just going to be stolen bases with Rowdy Telez. The Minnesota Twins, ee, they're not going to be able to run. Doesn't look like they're going to be able to hit that well. They got St. Louis, Arizona, and then at Detroit. So that's just tough matches matchups for for Minnesota next week. New York Mets. I don't know. I don't know what to feel about the New York Mets. They they've given up hope. Is what it feels like in New York for me. And so, how does that going to reflect on the team? I don't know. I'd be selling New York Mets if I was in a re- redraft league, Rob. Me too. Yep. At this point, I mean they they're moving on. And they still don't bat Beatty every day. They still don't bat Alvarez every day. What what is what's going on? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous to me. I mean, at this point, I mean, you've clearly signaled that you're going towards a rebuild. Um, play the uh, play the kids. Uh, Yankees should be able to run all over Houston and Chicago White Sox, Miami Marlins. I'm just trying to think of who's running. Is it Volpe? Is Volpe running? Yeah, I'd say Volpe, maybe Glaber. Um, obviously, yeah. probably neither of those guys available, though. So, okay. get the trade for him. Not, not a lot of hitters there. So, Oakland, we, we're not worried about Oakland. <laughs> they, got, <laughs> they got ones, dog. They got ones on their scale right there. Brutal. All right. Uh, Phillies. Phillies, that was the one team that I saw with a lot of red on there. So, the Philadelphia yeah. Phillies, they have got good matchups. Uh, starting tomorrow, Kansas City. They're playing Kansas City at home, so they're in Philadelphia, Washington, and then Minnesota. So it's going to be home cooking for the Philadelphia Phillies. Can I can I suggest this? It's got to happen. Kyle Schwarber has got to get hot at some point, right? He he's got to get over the hundred and eighty batting average. He's got to. It's just, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Uh, I so I was so. thinking. I just dropped by Bryce Harper this past week. I dropped him. Because it's all empty okay. counting stats. I did. I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm that reactionary. Uh, but <laughs> I had him. I've had him all year long. Stashed him away in the IL spot, and then he's becoming first base eligible. I'm like, it doesn't matter. He's not hitting the ball at any distance. I was hoping he was going to be healed by now, and it just it just it's going to be next week probably. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I have him in a couple spots, so I'm hoping as well. Yeah. I mean, he's like you said. He's interesting because he's got he's got two, uh, 291 average, five homers, yep. seven yep. steals. The homers is kind of the part where it's 
a little bit lacking, you know, obviously. Well, even, even just seven steals this year is nothing. Nothing. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's uh it's not uh, the best, I would say. Um so yeah, I mean it's I, I think we've talked about it before. I think that whole team gets going. I like Schwarber, I like Harper. Um I think Trey Turner will start turning it around. So yeah, and, I'm expecting them you, to get going. I, I, I would I would try to trade for every Philly that I could right now. You know, Trey Turner included. Castellinos if you can. Uh, 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 was a Stott? You can get Stott. You can get Alex Bohm. Just just start trading for all of them right now. They got great hitter matchups. Surely this is the time they're going to put their gas, uh, the pedal to the metal. They're going to put their foot on the floor. They're going to go. They're gonna, uh, maybe not after the Braves, but they're going to try to make the playoffs. You know, they, they really should be able to. Yeah, I'm hoping. Um, they're in a great park. I think their lineup is is very good too. And I just think they've underperformed this year. They've had some injuries. And so, yeah, I'm all for that. Okay. Pittsburgh, we're not worried about anybody. St. Louis, really disappointing year. I, I thought they were going to come yeah. back. I thought they were going to do things. And they started making moves. Uh, I, I think that you, if you don't have Lars Newbar on your team, you need to go out and get him if he's out there available on a yep. waiver wire. Uh, you also need to, uh, Groman, Grauman. How, what's my guy's name? Second baseman? Third Gorman, baseman? Gorman. 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 Yeah. See, if, if you can get him, go ahead and go out there and get him. They got such a talented team, Rob Norton. That I can't, I can't believe that they're not doing more. And the whole, I, I just wonder how bad my my William Contreras going over there, Wilson Contreras going over there, is just affected that team. That has been a mess since day one. Yeah, it's really weird. I, I honestly don't love their uh, manager. I mean, the way he's handled a lot of things, like he's publicly yes. called like players out and things like that, and it seems like he's gotten in altercations with players like Tyler O'Neill. Um, it's just like, I don't know. I, I, I don't think he's long for that job to be honest. Cause I think it's, I didn't this think he'd one of the still biggest, have it. I, I didn't think so either. I, I think this was one of the biggest underperforming jobs of the year. Um, I, I agree. I think, I mean, they have Goldschmidt, Arenado in the corners. They got, uh, Gorman's been hitting well. They have a, they always have a good outfield between Tyler O'Neill. They have, um, yeah. Burleson's been fine. Uh, so, yeah, Jordan Walker. Think about um, that situation too. They they sent Jordan Walker down. They they brought him yeah. up, then they sent him down, then they brought him up, and he even said something down there in in AAA at the time, whenever he was down there, that they wanted me to try to lift the ball, but I can't lift the ball and hit the ball well at the same time, so I'm just going to hit the ball well, you know. And and it's just he's they've they've messed with him, they've messed with Wilson Contreras, they've messed with Gorman. Uh, they, they, Tyler O'Neill, they've messed with them all. I think Tyler O'Neill, by the way, if you, if he's still out there on the waiver wire, you need to go out there and get him. He's been hitting dingers every single day. And then they benched him today. I don't know. Yeah. It's super frustrating. I had a, I, I was pretty high on Tyler O'Neill heading into the year and I had a lot of them and it's been frustrating, uh, ever since the beginning of the year when they, you know, they got into that altercation or whatever happened and, but yeah, it's it's. I'll be interested. I'll be kind of surprised if uh, he has a he has a job next year. San Diego Padres, ice cold matchups. I don't know why that. L. A. Seattle. Yeah, Dodgers uh, are good staff. Seattle's good staff. At Seattle, Seattle is a place where people go. Uh, the bats are ice cold too. I th- I just really yeah. think Seattle's they 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 totally demolished Colton Wong's career. They just <laughs> yeah, they really did. <laughs> He's the F.A.ed, I believe. So yeah. I wanted to say they killed it, but that's how it's so rough. And then I realized he's DFA'd, so it's kind of like he is killed, I guess. Yeah. Uh, 
Giants play well uh, at Oakland next week. Uh, Oakland's not a great ballpark to hit in, but they have Oakland and they have red matchups, so that's pretty good. Maybe Peterson. Maybe Peterson will be there. Um, uh, Mateo. Yeah, against, maybe he'll. Yeah. Against righties, if if you could slide Jack Peterson in there. It's Seattle, nothing. Rays, nothing. And then Texas towards the end of week next week. They're they're really good, but all the Texas Rangers are gobbled up too. So that's yeah. it. That's a baseball, base, baby baseball. We do that every once in a while, Rob. And then we head into the baby bowl stuff, and we start talking more football, which is fun to talk about with you because I do think that you are a savant. And I actually have a listener question here from okay. a listener, Rob, mm-hmm, for you. Uh, it says, uh, Dear Wes, could you please find out how many best ball leagues my husband is in? He seems to always be bringing home a bunch of dogs, uh, Pomeranians. He brings home a lot of those. And uh, could you please ask him how much it costs to enter a Pomeranian dog into some kind of contest that he plays and find out how many contests he is in? Love always, Julia. So, JN. JN. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. The, those Pomeranians, they're, they're, all, all that needs to be known is the Pomeranians. They're they're little dogs, so they're real, real cheap. Um, you know, we <laughs> we get them, we get them. We're they're, they're rescues. Okay. We'll say okay. well, they're rescues. rescues. Uh, Rob, though, I mean, seriously, it's one eight hundred underdog. If you think you have a Pomeranian problem, I think I saw you say you had twenty something Pomeranians running around your house or running around your uh, fantasy football content this week. I do, I do. Yeah, I've I have finished. At this point, 25 of them. And then I still have one, two, three, four, five. All slow drafts, too. There's like 14 still active. Oh, my. Yeah. So they're all slow. All slow drafts. It's nice. It's nice because, I I mean, I feel like I'm always drafting. I'll be, you know, I'll get a notification that I'm on the clock and I'll make a pick. And then 10 minutes later, I get a notification I'm on the clock and another one and make a pick. And so it's kind of, it's, it's, it's nice. And then plus, the thing is, I... I play, I do play a lot of best balls, but um, I try to pick out like and do a lot when the Pomeranians come out because they're they're rake free. So um, uh, you know they they underdog gets no no profit from that at all. Uh, so all the the entire prize pool goes out to to uh, players. See, so, so you're very strategic. You're that shark, man. I've always I've said that about you from the beginning. I said you're always like that shark. Uh, good yeah. job by you, though. Uh, and so we'll just keep that on the down low here between us. Yeah. How many you are in? Uh, but also at the same time, we got to tell people about Baby Bolt, Rob Norton, because it is a mm-hmm. fifty dollar contest that people get a chance to enter, and that that money goes towards charity. That money goes into the prize pool. It's a single elimination event, and that is always one of those most exciting events and tournaments that I join each and every year. That's why I said to you one time, hey, Rob Horton, why don't we do a podcast about the Babel? You said, okay, I guess we will. Actually, that's not how you <laughs> talked because he, but uh, at the same time, it is one of the most exciting things that we do, me personally, and I think you as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's been awesome. Um, obviously, this past few years and doing the podcast with you, doing doing the Baby Bowl uh, competition in general. Um, you know, we've donated a lot of money over the past few years and helped a lot of people out. So that's been awesome. And, uh, you know, it's been really awesome to get to know a ton of people in the community awesome. through through this. And, uh, yeah, it's um, hopefully we I think we're probably around like 90 ish, 100 ish. Probably right now, people that have kind of confirmed, not fully signed in or paid all all yet and everything like that, but um, that I've kind of heard back from. I'm out there every day trying to trying to get some more people. So um, 
hopefully we can get up to 150, 200 in that range. Um, that'd be awesome for regular season this year. And uh, yeah, fifty dollars and uh, one and done contest, and half goes to charities, and half uh, goes to prize pool. Yeah, we got three or four more weeks before the official kickoff goes on the Bay Bowl, so you still have time to be able to enter the Bay Bowl. You can just check out Rob Norton's pinned tweet, and I'm going to try to pin it. I don't know what happened. I don't know why I don't have a pinned tweet over on FI today. I had I had the baby and the diaper and the fish. It's, it was a, that was the pinned tweet whenever I just went over there. I said, what in the world is that? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> But you can check out Rob Norton's pinned tweet, and he's got all the information for how to join the Bay Bowl there, and you can just DM him, and he will be happy to get back in touch with you. Rob, we're, we're looking at all these different um, rosters because uh, you've always told me follow the good fan follow the good offenses Wes and you'll have a pretty good fantasy football team so we're trying to find, identify the good offenses especially good quarterbacks I think that's important too Rob whenever you're looking at good offenses right uh, for fantasy football and it, we, we did last week we did the AFC we identified in, in the different tiers we went excellent we went average and we went what was that one below average I guess below average. Yeah. Yes, basement. Yeah, I, think I so. put I put basement there. Our, in our basement category, we had New England, we had Houston, and we had Indianapolis. I'm not, I'm just going to say for Rasbol purposes, you went out and got Richardson. Anyway, that, we'll just do that right there. <laughs> um, average, we've got the Jets, we've got Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. We have the Jags leaning towards excellent. We have Tennessee leaning towards excellent. Denver as well and then we have the raiders leaning towards uh below average basically yeah. because of all the question marks that they had going into the season and and then our excellent category buffalo miami cincinnati kansas city and the chargers we actually rated the los angeles uh the, the uh, cincinnati Bengals as the number one offense in the afc yeah, for fantasy purposes i would i would say so i mean obviously real life purposes it's going to be close i think You'd, I'd, I'd take Kansas City just with Mahomes, but in terms of um, fantasy goodness, fantasy production, um, top down, we I mean it's kind of looks like the Bengals. It does look like the Bengals, unless you're looking at it from my advantage point, and I caught, said the Chargers were, but that's. that's but it was cute. interesting though to see that the Kansas City Chiefs. We were, we were really from a fantasy purpose. We we're like, okay, we don't know who's doing what here outside of Kelsey and outside of Mahomes, we're just unsure about the rest of the things. And I don't know that in training camp, it's really gotten any clearer, Rob, because every receiver is having a great camp in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, always best shape of their life season. And that's, that's, uh, that's how it goes. You see a, you see one clip of a guy make a good play and he shoots up the, your draft boards, everyone uh, taking the victory laps. And that's, that's how it goes. I mean, obviously everyone's excited just getting, getting, uh, you know, football back and things like that. So, but yeah, it's hard to decipher when you have these kind of things. That's why, I mean, part of it for me with doing a lot of the best balls is kind of like when, with those kind of ambiguous wide receiver cores, I can kind of just take shots here and there on guys that, you know, are good values at, at points, whether they slip or not. And um, yeah, so that's, that's a, what I've been kind of doing, taking a little sky more here, a little, um, I took uh MVS a couple times here and there, not not that much. Sky Moore is probably the one for Kansas City I've taken the most of, and I was out on Sky Moore last year, but um, with Tony being banged up, and yeah, uh, Sky kind of seems like the best value among them right now. And I've taken a lot of Richie James actually too. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I know Richie James is your guy too. I, I I like his value a lot. 
Well, and I've heard this uh, uh, theory about Patrick Mahomes having a tremendous amount of rapport with whoever's the, the slot receiver. And Sky Moore does like to play that slot receiver, but he's also big enough to play on the outside. Richie James is not. Richie James is one of those right. slot receiver kind of guys. And he's coming to camp, and I think he's made just, you know, like we've always said, it makes a big boom whenever he goes to camp. He's look, catching everything, all that stuff. It's going to be hard to transition over into an Andy Reid offense, I think, for anybody. Uh, but we saw Richard James really break out a little. I say really break out in in the Giants wide receiver room anyway, which was really hard to do because there wasn't a lot of people left standing. But maybe that's the guy. I, I don't know. So I'm glad to hear that you got a couple of those things. Hey, let me ask you this. Big hits of the year. See, I think I think like, I don't know that I've had any big hits. I know I've I've been lucky. Like I think my Zay Jones pick. That that that's kind of lucky, you know, and I, I think that those things are kind of going lucky right now. Uh, a lot of injuries seem to be popping up, and then all of a sudden, I got the backup to that guy or something, you know. And so I like those things, but one guy that I'm afraid that I have just completely, I'm going to fail miserably on, is is uh, the little the little running back for Detroit from Alabama. <laughs> and I can never I, Howard Bender he drafted him, and I said ah, I'm just. I'm going to be out on this guy completely, and it's going to be my bad on Gibbs because I've been hammering home that you just get, he's not going to, and everybody else is just loving him. Rob, I still got to take my stance, but I'm starting to be, I don't want to say persuaded because I'm just getting scared, is all I'm going to, I am that I, uh, about how wrong I'm going to be about not having any Gibbs shares. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. He's, he's an exciting rookie with high draft capital. Um, pass catching kind of guy, explosive. Those are always the guys that people really, really hype up because you know this is it's an unknown. They haven't seen him play in the NFL, so could be amazing, could be not. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of good things in his favor considering the draft capital, considering like the metrics that he showed and pass catching metrics. Um, I have him probably like right about consensus. I think he's my RB fourteen. Um, so it's a I, I don't have a lot of him, but I, he is kind of like, like you said, like a FOMO guy where, you know, kind of fear missing out on him. And, um, cause if he, if you're, if you're more out than in and he blows up, it's, it's not going to go well for you. Who, who's your guy? Who are, who are you out on? But you're kind of going, ah, I probably should get some of those. <laughs> Calvin Ridley is the guy. That, oh, really? Yeah. I, it's just, He's he's a, he's a guy that like I loved when he was in when he was playing for Atlanta. Uh, I was really high on him. Um, he obviously produced really well. I mean, the last season he was there he didn't produce as well, but I mean there was some off the field stuff going on, obviously. And then and, you know he stepped away, um, and then obviously hasn't played for a couple of years. So like to me, like I'm I'm more out than in because it to me it's like taking that that much time away from NFL usually doesn't go well for for anyone uh, yeah like uh, c- trying to come back like that that's, that's that's tough to do um so but that's the thing is that those training camp videos he's looked explosive um yeah everything i've seen he looks he looks really fast he looks really good again it's training camp though so that's the thing is like a lot of those a lot of the guys that are good athletes like that are gonna look like that so um i'm i'm just torn because I think the price is kind of getting out of control for me because he's going regularly third third round and that's too pricey for me. I can't take him in the third round. Um, 
I have him a lot lower than consensus. I've moved him up a little bit recently, but I still have him well, well lower than consensus. I don't think I've drafted him once in any any basketball, any league. Um, but I'm afraid that what's going to happen is if he becomes like basically the AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts, like he becomes the that to Trevor Lawrence, that him and Trevor Lawrence are going to hit for monster seasons, and I have I'm very low. Compared to consensus on both of them, so um, I, I'm I'm afraid that that is a path that might happen. I'd rather be higher on Trevor Lawrence than I am on Calvin Ridley. That offense reminds me of a Kansas City Chief offense where it can go in a lot of different directions. And one guy's going to be hot one week or maybe even two, but then it's going to be somebody else. They're going to try to keep the entire team happy. But there is no real solidified running back there. I know we got ETN. I know we got Bigsby or whatever his name is. Uh, but it, there's not going to be that that guy, that alpha male there in the backfield, I don't believe. Uh, so I think that this is Trevor Lawrence's team to spread out and Doug Peterson's team to spread out uh, all that offense going in different directions. I thought that's what they did really well last year towards the end of the year. I thought they they did that really, really well and concentrated on Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, getting everybody involved there. And I think it's going to be that even more. And I'll, I'll, I'll help you lay your little head down at night on your little Pomeranian puppy pillow. Calvin Ridley I'm 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 going all the way back in my my days here, and by the way, I don't know a lot of things, Rob. But I th- I think I've I think I've done I've done pretty well at evaluating Alabama talent. Okay, I think I've done pretty well at. I told you Najee Harris lacked breakaway speed. I, I told you that he was a little mini Derrick Henry, but he does not have any speed to be able to break away. I told you those things. Uh, I told you Tua Tagovailoa be real good at those slant patterns. I think that's what Calvin Ridley was often hurt and ailing at Alabama. When I watched him play for Atlanta, he ended up being often hurt and ailing. I know he put up some big numbers with Julio Jones there. And without Julio Jones there, he did well. But then again, started getting hurt, started getting ailing. I think that that's going to be something that just follow his, follows him around a little bit. And so that's that's I, I would take solace in those things about Calvin Ridley if I was you. Yeah, no, it, it definitely makes sense. Makes me makes me feel better. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's still, like I said, like he's still a guy. I'm like, I could see him blowing up, but like, again, I, I mean, I I'm down on him for multiple reasons. So more than okay. just the fact that he's you know sat out multiple years, and then he's coming into an offense that has guys that you know produced well last year crowded room i don't i don't think trevor lawrence takes the leap to superstardom level like i don't think he's gonna hit joe burrow level numbers this year so um so then there's not as much enough to go around when you have four legitimate guys um and then so it's just it's just a lot of things for me and then but i could see the like i said i could see the outcome where he returns to being a lead again and if that's the case then i'm definitely going to be missing out kind of like you are with gibbs i'm not missing out on gibbs you know i'm, no, yeah. I'm still taking my stance i'm still taking my stance i just the bitter thing when better drafted him i said oh i really i messed up well, not doing good um <laughs> you know what would be great is if trevor lawrence got a travis kelsey haircut and mustache that would be fantastic would it not that would be that would be something. Hey, we're over on Dallas Cowboys offense. Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, Jake Ferguson, Peyton Hendershot. 
Which one? I'd say I'd say Ferguson is the. We know the guy. Da- we, we we know we know Dak likes to throw it to that area of the field. You know, I mean, he he's been able to do that with Schultz in the past. So you're going to say Ferguson, not Hendershot. Yeah, I'd rank it Ferguson, Schoonmaker, Hendershot. You know what concerns me about this team? Look look to the right, Rob. Look to the right of the depth chart. It, there's there's nobody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and we got a Brandon yeah. Cooks who's been often hurt and ailing, a little bit aged. Michael Gallup, something very similar. I think that he, you know, this is his second year coming off of the injuries that he's had, so he might be back to full health. But Michael Gallup hasn't always been the full health kind of a guy each and every year. Uh, then, then Malik Davis, I think that he, I, I actually like him in some best ball formats. I like him if I if it's one of those really deep leagues and I'm trying to find that running back who's going to back up somebody because we're not sure about Tony Pollard's workload abilities. And I know Zeke has the potential to go back there and sign at the drop of a hat. But Malik Davis is one of those explosive, almost like a Pacheco kind of a back whenever he gets an opportunity. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I still think all, all in all, this is the, uh, I'd put him in the high end category. Um, love Tony Pollard, love CD lamb. Yeah. For me, uh, like I have, I have CD lamb as wide receiver six, Tony Pollard running back five, I think. Um, then, then, uh, Dak borderline top 12 guy cooks solid Gallup solid top, top 12 quarterback or in, in uh, yards per play or interceptions per pass. <laughs> Both, both, I think. Okay, all right. All right. So you're gonna put them in the excellent category. Yeah. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm gonna put excellent with a little lean towards average. Okay, how about that? Okay. I like it. All right, New York Giant, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, <laughs> and then a plethora of wide receivers. <laughs> Look at that wide receiver: Hodgins, Slayton, Campbell. Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard back in, Jalen Hyatt, Wandale Robinson, Cole Beasley, Jamison Crowder, Jeff Smith, who made a little bit of a splash in the Jets organization a couple of times. That is something. That is a lot of a lot of wide receivers, Rob. I don't know if you put them all together if they really make one wide receiver. <laughs> I know at this point, yeah. No, yeah. Um, I'd say they're in the the mid level. Um, I love Daniel Jones. Um, love Saquon. That's pretty much it. I mean, Darren Waller, I like as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, the the wide receiver core is one of the worst in the in the league at this point. Oh boy, I mean that, that's that's disappointing. If if they can make if they can make that a steak out of that chopped chopped liver, then they've they've really done well. Philadelphia Eagles depth chart: Jalen Hurts, DeAndre Swift, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Kez Watkins, Dallas Goddard, Dan Arnold. They got Dan Arnold in there. <laughs> <laughs> Then they got Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. It looks like a another hodgepodge of of running backs, Rob. I don't think that we can just pinpoint any of those guys as being the ones. Are they going in the draft rooms in the right proper places though? Because like every time I'm in a draft room, you see these people go out and get like Swift. You know, it's like boy, you're reaching for Swift, and then you realize it's like the sixth round, and it's not really a reach for DeAndre Swift. But at the same time, it feels like a reach for DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on him. I, I that's I think that's a sign when you see something like that is that it's probably proper price, <laughs> at least the feel the feel of it. Because if you you know feel like it's a reach, but then you're like, ah, well, he is kind of my favorite running back left. 
Like that's that's usually how it goes for me too. So I've been sprinkling a little bit of Swift in here and there. I've been taking, I guess, more Penny than Swift just because he goes like three, four rounds later. Um, and who knows? It could be a split. Um, uh, and the thing is, Swift is probably going to get more of the pass work, but Jalen Hurts also doesn't throw a ton to the running backs. So um, I still think this is a, an elite team from a fantasy perspective. Obviously, they got two true elite receivers, um, elite quarterback, top six or seven tight end. Um, so, yeah, and then the running back groups, or the running back, probably two top 30 guys, two top 40 guys. So, yeah, yeah one of the best it, for sure. And Boston Scott will lead that running back crew in touchdowns. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I get, just because he plays the Giants a couple of times a year. Yeah. Right, you got the Redskins, our commanders, or football team, Sam Howell, Brian Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, and Logan Thomas uh, as the start of the tight end group right there, Rob. Um, I heard some something coming out of there where Ron Rivera said, hey, don't forget about Jacoby Brissett. What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, it's weird. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, Brissett played well for Cleveland last year, but he's. I mean, they need to just see what they have and how. And I think either, I think they're going to. Um, I think Howell's going to start the season. I think if he struggles, we could see them go to Brissett. But um, I, I do think Howell's going to. I think Brissett is like what he is. What he is. He's a he's a journeyman backup. That's a solid one of the better backups in the league. So I wonder. I wonder if Brissett isn't the goal line back. Just I, could I'm be. Just, could be. He's, he's, he did he's, that with the Colts. You know. I mean, just the the, yeah. the two or three yards out, and then you bring it to Brissett and just let him pound it home. Yeah, he's a big guy, so he's he can he can do that. And um, yeah. I mean, this this one this team I would say is probably low end, maybe maybe le- with a lean towards average, but because I mean Terry McLaurin and Dotson are. Both pretty good, um, and I think Gibson and Brian Robinson both can be fantasy viable. Um, I prefer Gibson over Robinson because I think Gibson's going to get more of the pass work. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably more on the bottom end though. I, I'm going to lead. I'm going to. I I'm with you. I think it's bottom end because new offensive coordinator, right? New quarterback, young quarterback. By the way, you know that kind of thing. Jahan Dotson is not a. I love his talent. I love his abilities. I loved how he finished out last year, or at least played a couple games last year. I loved all that. But at the same time, uh, he hasn't, you know, solidified himself as a wide receiver in the league. So yeah, I'm 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 leaning towards that bottom end of things as well, Rob. So I like that. All right, so we got that. Uh, Chicago Bears. They are next on our list here, and the Chicago Bears has have my guy Justin Fields. Justin Fields. They got PJ Walker as a backup. I thought Peter was a backup. It doesn't matter, I guess. <laughs> you got Peterman. Uh, PJ Walker can beat out Peterman. Khalil, boy, that's that's tough. That's just ruined. I just hold on. I got to collect myself for a second because I never really concentrated on the Bears' backup quarterbacks. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I've regrouped. Uh, look at that running back room: Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, Rashawn Johnson. That's that's great. Travis Homer even is back there. DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon. Come on, man. That's a, that's a pretty good looking offense, Rob. Yeah, they've they've definitely went out and made a lot of upgrades um, to help Justin Fields. Um, I'm gonna put him in the average the category. Uh, okay. I love love Justin Fields, love DJ Moore. Um, that's about as far as it goes for love for the. Cole for, Komet. 
I'm low on Kokomat. I'm low on Kokomat. Um, I don't like. I think he's a. I think he's a very good real life player. That's just a average fantasy kind of player. Um, I think. I think he's the third option at best in the passing game on a team that's probably going to be more run heavy than not with Justin Fields, and especially with with an RPO style offense. Like it's doesn't usually it's quick hitting kind of stuff. And we, we I mentioned this I think before where. Um, RPO offenses tend to hyper target the top option and and even the second option. Um, and we saw it with, you know, with the Eagles, like how many targets the top two guys get. And so this being like a lesser version of the Eagles offense, uh, I think it's going to be a ton of DJ Moore, some, some, some Mooney, and then kind of like Claypool and uh, Komet sprinkled in. Uh, and then, the running back group is a deep one, but it's going to be hard to tell. Um, my favorite in ter- drafts has been Roshan, you know, just in terms of value. I think Khalil's the uh, the one I rank the highest straight straight up, but he also goes rounds ahead. So um, um, I'm not fully confident in the fact that he's the guy. Um, I think they're going to mix and match all three of these guys. I think Roshan is the best pass catcher of the group. Um, I think he's the best all around probably of the group. Um, and uh, so I think eventually he's probably the one that I think would get the most work by season's end. And, and he's my favorite value of them. Yeah. yeah I picked up Khalil Herbert in the, in the Razz bowl. My last pick there, I, I just needed another running back. Felt like I did yeah. another running back. Uh, I so I got, uh, I got Khalil there in whatever sixth, seventh round, whatever I said it was. And then I realized every single one of my players have a bye week week 13. I'm like, Oh man, I don't know. I, it might not be every single one, but you know how, if it's four of them out of seven, then it's every single one. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to give, I'm going to hand it to my competition for that. So I'm glad I noticed now, though. You know, at least now yeah. I can kind of <laughs> switch it to something else. Um, let's see, Detroit Lions, Jared Goff, Jameer Gibbs, and David Montgomery in that backfield. Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameson Williams eventually, Marvin Jones Jr., Sam Laporta, Rob. It, it wasn't great last year. You know, the Detroit Lions offense wasn't great-looking room names last year, and it looks the same this year. I mean, maybe some names have switched up, but, I mean, David Montgomery is not really any different, is he? Uh, Jameer Gibbs, I don't want to say he's any different this year than the running backs that they had back there last year. You know what I mean? Like, they just kind of seem like interchangeable parts right now in Detroit. Yeah, it seems similar to me. Um, I think there's a little bit more upside with the with the group they have. Um, great. Considering second, second year of Jamison Williams, he's going to be suspended for a little while, but hopefully for his sake, the, and the lion's sake, um, he has a lot of upside. I think Amonra can take another leap as a player. I mean, he was already elite last year. Um, I love him again this year. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I think the Gibbs Mont- Montgomery combination has just, a bit more upside in versatility um, mm-hmm. than the the group last year. So I like I like golf. I like they play in the dome. I like the fact that they have um, probably a bad defense. So I think they're still probably in the average leaning good kind of kind of way, but probably still in the average one. You know, you know what name jumps out at me here? Denzel Mims. He's a, he's a second stringer on the wide receiver group. But I just had that potential. Wasn't too long ago that everybody was really high on Denzel Mims. Maybe mm-hmm. that opportunity 
arises, which it, it seems it does for the second string wide receivers in <laughs> in Detroit every single year. We we always talk about Josh Reynolds or Khalif Raymond at some point during the year. Maybe Denzel Mims is that name this year. Yeah, could be. Could be. You never know. Well, I, I, I kind of know. Uh, Green Bay Packers, <laughs> Jordan Love, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, uh, Luke Musgrave. Uh, boy, this one's not looking really good, Rob. It's not looking real good right now for me and those Green Bay Packers. Uh, it couldn't happen to a better organization. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's this one's probably an average, maybe leaning leaning towards bad. It does look um, that way, doesn't it? Yeah, on an overall scale. I love Watson a ton. Um but after Watson to me, I mean I think Aaron Jones is gonna be fine and good, just like he is pretty much year in and year out. Dylan, okay, he's decent. Um but really the two that I mainly want on this team are are Watson and and Jones. I've been taking some shots on Jaden Reed late. Um, Romeo Dubs gets all the hype, all the camp hype. He got the thing is he got all the camp hype last year too. Um, and w- once Watson got healthy, he dominated. Um, so Jaden Reed to me is kind of sneaky just from the sense that they spent more ca- draft capital on him than Dubs. He's got a better prospect profile than Dubs. He's got better underlying metrics than Dubs. And so, and he's going later in drafts. So, um, I've been taking not a whole lot of Romeo Dobbs. I've been taking more Jaden Reed, a ton of Christian Watson, um, a little bit of Aaron Jones. Okay, yeah, I'm. I'm not. Boy, looking at it, just don't. I don't want to fall for the Green Bay trap. Is what it looks like to me. They they are almost on the side of below average as far as looking yeah. at the talent uh, or names in the room. You know, names in the room anyway. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, Alexander Madison, and and then there's not really any other. Running backs there, Rob. I, I would love to list off some, but it's Alexander Madison, and he's already listed as questionable, and he's kind of been questionable whenever he has an opportunity to play. It seems like he gets a little bit dinged up. So that running back room could get thin real quick. Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, K.J. Osborne, T.J. Hawkinson, and then looking at the backups there, there, there's not really a lot of backups. Not a lot of depth here either. Yeah, not a lot of depth. Um, a lot of the top end, especially Oh yeah, uh, Hawkinson is – my tight end four, most people's tight end three, Jefferson, top dog, wide receiver. Um, I like Addison a lot as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the running back situation, if Madison can be fine as long as he just stays healthy, he's probably a top or an RB2 with some RB1 spike week upside. So I think it's good, good leaning towards the top, but, like, I think it's still probably – in the in the good range, like the average to good range or whatever. Really? Okay. So we're not in the excellent range. We're gonna go Minnesota in the good with the little lean. A little lean. I did a little arrow that way. You know what <laughs> you know what I've learned in doing this uh, little exercise with you? And it, it's something I know all the time, but it just I get reminded of it. Like Jordan Addison. I always hear Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison, every single podcast you listen to. And I'm like, eh, he's a rookie. Ah, he's a rookie. Yeah, I, I hate rookies, don't I? I just hate rookies. That's all I do. I yeah, hate yeah. I love them. I love them. I, it's, I love them assuming they have good draft capital, basically, for me. Okay. Um, yeah, because it's like, I, it, it, a lot of times, you, especially recently, over the past few years, we've seen basically like some of the best values at wide receiver year in and year out have been wide receiver or uh, rookie wide receivers. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of happening more and more. Like we saw Christian Watson 
uh, dominate the second half of last year. He was going late to undrafted in fantasy drafts. So we had Garrett Wilson. He went fairly late in a lot most fantasy drafts last year as a rookie because he was a rookie coming in with uh, you know a questionable QB situation and a questionable offense. So he slid in drafts. Chris Olave slid a little bit in drafts as well. Um, yeah, so a, a lot of those guys, I mean, we we see like some of the best values year in and out, year out are kind of uh, rookies. Well, there's a lot of rookies though, and and I agree with yeah. you. If if it's good draft capital, like you can get them at the end. And I'm I'm thinking of more like redraft leagues, right? Where you got the 10, 12 team redraft leagues, right? And mm-hmm. you don't need to clutter up your bench with those kind of people because you can just. For me, I like to move and shake. I like to uh, drop. I like to add all those things. And those guys are usually on there because they start out slow. And by the time people start waking up to them and about the time that the rookies are waking up to the league, that's when you can add them to your roster because they're just out there or somebody's ready to get rid of them off their bench. You could just make a trade. So I guess that's why I'm I'm more like, yeah, I'll just wait around for them. No, it's definitely – Definitely fair for sure. A lot of them start off slow and then come on late. So, yeah, um, a lot of people get get impatient, drop them. Um, you can scoop them up. Speaking of rookies, we got the Atlanta Falcons right here with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. I'm going to mention that name, Taylor Heineke. Uh, Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, and Cordero Patterson in the running back room. Drake London, M- Mac Hollins, Sc- Scotty Miller, and then Kyle Pitts. Rob, after that, it's it doesn't seem like it's really deep at all. I, I could I could tell you could Daryl Hodge, but there's no reason to. Uh, JJ Arcega yeah. Whiteside, there's there's no reason to. Um, this is it. This it seems very thin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But elite fantasy production probably at the top um, with Bijan, okay. Pitts, and London. I love all three. Um, it's an interesting dynamic because they, I think these this team is a much better fantasy offense than a real life offense. Um, just from this fact of like those three guys are expected to do so much. Um, it's likely one of them or more may end up disappointing, but like, I just really like love all three. Honestly. Um, I think they're all elite talent players and, um, you know, should be fed the ball early and often all three. Here's, I had an epiphany that they better not Mike Smith better not. Uh, a ride Bijan Robinson into the ground early in the year. Yeah. There's that rookie wall at some point in the NFL. You know what I mean? Uh, Pierce hit it last year at some point. Damian Pierce. And they rode him pretty hard at the beginning of last year. If you ride Bijan Robinson pretty hard this year, there's not a lot of stuff here, right? There's just not a lot of weapons in here. I hope they split that up. I don't want to say evenly at all at the beginning of the year, but I, I'm – Either at the end of the year, Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson will become fantasy relevant because Bijan Robinson has been run to the ground, or everybody's going to have a little bit of share as the, at the beginning part of the year. I'm just I'm going to be really curious, fascinated to see how they handle Bijan Robinson's workload in Atlanta. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because you know Algier did well last year, so yeah. they may feel comfortable with not just overloading Bijan. Uh, right out of the gate. So sometimes we want to see them get overloaded for fantasy purposes, but at the same time, um, you know, we don't want them to be run running the ground. 
not, not, not for years on end. Carolina Panthers, my Bryce Young, has Andy Dalton backing him up, which doesn't always bode well for the starting quarterback. It always feels like Andy Dalton is fantasy relevant at some point during the year. Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear. So that's a good little running back crew. Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo. That, that ain't bad. That ain't bad. DJ Shark, LaVisca Chenault. That, that ain't bad, Rob. Terrence Marshall Jr., uh, that's bad. <laughs> Hayden Hurst ain't bad either. And then you got the Ian Thomases of the world. What do you think about this offense? Uh, mediocre. Uh, it's a middle line kind of team. I guess I think they're more likely to be on the bottom end than the top. Um, I mean, especially it's, I, I like Bryce Young a lot, actually, um, as a passer. And I think he's just a really good quarterback. So I think he's going to be a really good quarterback in the league for a while. I don't know if it's going to be this year necessarily. Um, there's a lot of change on this team, but I like I like some of the pieces though. Cool as a cucumber, Bryce Young is. I remember yeah. talking with Kevin, uh, Kevin Du Bois, at the beginning of his regime in Alabama, and I was like, oh, "This Bryce Young, man, he's just no emotion. There's no nothing. How is he a team leader? Yeah, but he ended up being a great team leader, right? And I remember early on on the road, Bryce Young had trouble. Had a lot of trouble at Alabama, and I was really down on. It. I was like, Kevin, how can you be so high on this guy? And, he, and he's just terrible. He's terrible, you know. And I'm an Alabama guy, so that's like that's like my team, though, you know. That's my team. So uh, he really made me, though. He, he won me over as he kept getting more comfortable with the game. I think with the speed of the game, with the bigness that there is in college football. So I wonder if there's going to be a tough transition for Bryce Young early on in the year, something that I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, but then he caught on, man. And when he caught on in Alabama, he was just full steam ahead after that, even his freshman year. So I, I'm, I'm really curious about that on his rookie season yeah. as well. No, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm excited for him. New Orleans Saints, you got Derek Carr you, with Jameis Winston backing him up, Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, uh, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahid. I'm trying to say there's a Traquan Smith in there too. Jawan Johnson, Foster Moreau, Taysom Hill, Jimmy Graham is in there as well. It, it, there's a lot of names in here. You got Brian Edwards. You know he's always been that that guy who's going to do something, never does anything. Um, this this looks like a pretty good fantasy team, Rob Norton. It has a lot of potential with a good quarterback steering the ship. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't want to put them in the excellent group, but I, I think they're in the good group and they have potential. I love Chris Olave a ton. Um, and I think he's a borderline top 10 guy already. Um, and uh, Kamara, I think I, I think he's going to get suspended for for a little bit, but I think um, he's kind of slipping too late in drafts right now. Uh, yeah, so I think that's fine. I actually like... Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, too, in the backfield. I think they have one of the better running back groups in the NFL, to be honest, in, in terms of uh, depth and talent. And then um, Michael Thomas, obviously, is just – its you never know what's going to happen with him. If he – obviously, if he plays all year, him and him and Olave is a, is a pretty good group. Um, and Rashid Shahid is actually a, a nice sleeper as well. So, yeah, I think it's there's a lot of potential. Um, and I think, uh, I think they're on the good – uh, with the potential to be great. You know, with all that offseason stuff that happens with Michael Thomas every single year, and he had the contract stuff going on a couple of years ago. It felt like, you know, for a couple of years he had that contract stuff going on. But at the same time, he was he maybe he was looking around the quarterback room 
Because Michael Thomas is kind of a salty guy, right? Derek Carr's no longer there. You got Jameis Winston. You got Andy Dalton. And maybe he's just sitting there thinking, we ain't going to the playoffs, man. I ain't, I ain't suiting up. You know, I, I, yeah. I don't. I, that's, that's, that's how Michael Thomas kind of strikes me. And so maybe now he looks at the, at the quarterback room and says, okay, Derek Carr's here. We might be able to do something. You know, I just, I just wonder if it ain't, if it ain't that. It really, yeah, I, I think that's a good point for sure. Tampa Bay Buccaneers with your Baker Mayfield. Kyle Trask, I guess. It, there, there's not good reports coming out there for Baker Mayfield. Rashad White, Keyshawn Vaughn, Mike Evans, Trey, Trey Palmer, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, uh, Kate Otten. Rob, there's nobody here. Nobody. Mike Evans seemed over the hill a little bit last year, or it was maybe Tom Brady. It, 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 things didn't click really well, but I saw, I saw Mike Evans drop balls that I never saw him drop before. You know, or not make an effort. He seemed he seemed older last year. Is what he seemed like to me, and and so I look at this whole team and I'm going, what is what are they going to do? How many points a game are they going to score? Seven, ten, twelve? Yeah, they're rough. <laughs> One of the worst. Um, I'm going to have to put them in the bottom in the basement level. Um, they might be the worst. They're one of the worst for sure. The, the the thing that makes me not want to put them as truly the worst is just the fact that um, I think Chris Godwin, really good receiver. I think Mike Evans, really good receiver. Um, it's tough to really be excited about them this year, considering Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask is leading leading the way. But I, I think those guys are still just really good receivers. Um, they're probably getting discounted a little bit too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm more out than in on Rashad white, but at the same time, he looks like he might have a three down kind of role. So it's hard to be like too far out on him. Um, with a, with yeah. a defensive coach too, you would think that Rashad white's role would get more, you know, yeah. because they like to ground and pound then, you know, usually defensive coaches do. And I think that was some of the headbutting that went on last year in Tampa Bay was between the coach and Tom Brady and, you know, the style of offense and everything, and you just, what, what, what are you going to do? You get the coaching reins, and you got Tom Brady as quarterback. You just got to let him do what Tom Brady does, right? But at the same time, Rashad White doesn't seem to be built for that kind of bruising mentality or that kind of bruising running game. But if they're going to win games, that's what they're going to have to do. The, the talent is just not there. We've seen Baker Mayfield go into a place and destroy the offensive side of things. And and it doesn't seem like any wide receiver likes Baker Mayfield throwing him the ball. Yeah, no, I um, I agree. It's it's. I really hope he doesn't just sabotage them too much at this point. I hope they're just too good of receivers to overcome it. Um, I mean, because they're going, they're both going pretty late at this point. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's scary with Baker. And I love the commercials, uh, but it's just I can't, I can't, I'm not in on Chris Godwin. I, I don't want any part of this team. I'm following good quarterbacks. That's good yeah, fantasy that's advice. Fair. And there's not one here. So, and I don't mean mm-hmm. that on Baker's Baker's thing. Is the 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 coach doesn't even have that mentality. Arizona Cardinals depth chart. Kyler Murray out for like what six games? He's not going to start the year, right? There, no, no. He's six game ish. Yeah, I can't see him. I can't see him. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, they they seem optimistic. It might be earlier than that, but I mean, yeah, it's what I keep hearing too. And it just, yeah. it just, 
I hear that about Javante Williams too, and I, you know, the, the, all yeah. the stuff like he's going to be at the, he's going to be ready at the beginning of the year. He's doing really good in training camp, but we're not going to play him that first week. We're go- we might play him the second week of training camp uh, or the preseason yeah. games. And I'm going, wait a minute, might he's looking great? Why are you going to hold him back? And I understand why you would and all, but. I, I just can't. So Kyler Murray, I, I don't know that he'll play a down this year for Arizona at all, but we'll see. Uh, so they got Colt McCoy starting, and then, then behind them is Clayton Toon. <laughs> Who? Clayton Brutal. Toon. Yeah. Anyway, James Conner, Conte Ingram, Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Greg Dortch, Zach Ertz, and Trey McBride backing up Zach Ertz. And whenever you go over to the tight end, uh, backing up those people first, that means they probably don't have any – Good wide receivers backing up the other wide receivers. It looks like a pretty scary offense too. That's poor, poor offense, yeah. Rob. Yep, for sure. Uh, obviously, if Kyler was there, take it up a notch. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's pretty pretty rough. I like James Conner at the value he's going right now. Yeah. Um, but it seems like he's shooting up. He's he's shooting up. Yeah, he's too. starting he's starting to rise a bit. Um, people are starting to come around more on that. And um, then uh, Hollywood, I think he's going in a fair spot. Um, he should be the alpha guy there. Uh, I don't mind taking shots on like Rondell late or even uh, like uh, Michael Wilson, uh, the rookie there. He's kind of the only big bodied receiver. Yep. Um, yep. So he, he might get some run there as a rookie. Uh, and then McBride, I'm, I'm more in on than, than uh, Ertz. Uh, sure. I'm not really in on either though. <laughs> so yeah, I'm putting this one in the poor category. Well, well, I had two downers right there getting all excited for football. We go over a Tampa Bay <laughs> and an Arizona roster. Let's go over okay. the Los Angeles Rams roster. That'll make us feel better, right? Matthew Stafford. And then we got Cam Akers and Carrion Williams. I think that's who I, I don't know who I was thinking of last time, Rob. I was thinking about somebody. Uh, but Cam Akers, you got Cooper Cup, who's questionable now, Van Jefferson, Ben Skoranek, Tyler Higby. That's it. Yeah, Let's it's concentrated kind of. What's that? Tutu Atwal, maybe. Yeah, Puka Nakua is uh, getting some hype in What'd camp right now. <laughs> Not surely. Um, but yeah, Puka Nakua is getting a little bit of love in camp. Um, Sounds like a dog's name, Puka Nakua. It does, it does. Uh, he's he's interesting a little bit as a late flyer. I've been taking him like last round of, of best ball drafts if I take like um, Stafford or even... Um, I was trying to think of who they play week 17. If I have some guys on the other side and I don't have a Ram or something, I might take him late. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm big on Cooper Cup, assuming health, obviously. Um, I think Akers is fine price. He's another guy. He, Akers is the guy from me. Akers is, is the group of James Conner, uh, Alexander Madison, all these guys who are the, you know, like the guy that's, presumably getting a lot of work on a team that's mediocre, but you don't really love their outlook and you don't think they're going to get a ton of pass work. Like that's, that's the kind of archetype that this they're in. So eh, he's, he's, he's fine, I guess. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, Higby to me is fine. Um, average or below a, average. I'd put him in average, but leaning below average. If there's no Cooper cup. Oh, below average. For sure. If there's no right. Cooper Cup, for sure. Really? He's just so elite that yeah. it's hard to put him in below average. Um, that's what the hospital says about him, too. He's elite whenever he's here. <laughs> uh, doesn't yeah. that look like funny? It's funny. Tutu Atwal and then Puka Dakua. 
They're just two yeah. little funny names. <laughs> back to back like that. For sure. My, might be my favorite names. But San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold ahead of Trey Lance as far as the depth chart goes, according to ESPN. Then you got Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Madison, TDP, Tyron Davis. They got a lot of people in the back. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, George Kittle. Uh, it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look bad, but it just feels, I don't want to say stagnant, but I, I, I don't know. They keep saying Brock Purdy's fine, Brock Purdy's fine, Brock Purdy's fine. Rob, he couldn't throw the ball at all. And then it didn't seem like he could throw the ball at all until the first week of training camp, and now he's fine. It does, something doesn't seem right. Yeah, it's weird to me. Um, I'm going to put them in the in the the average leaning good side. I mean, obviously, when you have McCaffrey, um, yeah. that's an that's elite guy. Debo can be elite. Um but I, I'm I'm a little bit lower on him. George Kittle can be elite. I'm a little bit lower on him as well. And Ayuk is is a really high end receiver. So they have a lot of pretty good pieces, um, obviously. And uh, it's just can Brock Purdy elevate them? And is he healthy enough to elevate them? Um, I'm not sold on that. So I, I I don't know. I think they're a good enough team in real life. But um, yeah, I don't know. Willie Sneed's on that team too, by the way. Just. Willie Sneed. Uh, Seattle, last one. You get some rookie love here. You get a lot of rookie yes. love on this team. Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet. You don't think I pay attention to how people say their names, do you? DJ Dallas, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Huh? Am I impressing you right now, Rob Norton? I am. I, you are. Noah Fant, and that's that's about it. That's about it. Uh, they, but, but boy, that's some big high-end names going on yeah. right there. And and I like the depth at running back that they have. They always got to use all of them, right? But we've even have Kenneth Walker and uh, Charbonnet. They, they're a little bit banged up right now. But I think that I, I don't – they seem fine. And then all of a sudden they're banged up. It kind of seems like to me that that's limiting reps. And I, I am just going by feel on those things because I believe nothing any of those coaches tell me. And probably if you're, you're healthy – I'm going to probably say, oh, he's hurt. And if you're hurt, <laughs> I'm going to probably say, oh, he's healthy. That's just how it feels like it, it spins around in my head. Yeah, that's how it goes with Pete Carroll. Uh, Charbonnet was back at practice already today after being a couple days ago. He was out indefinitely. Um, so it's like <laughs> you, you never know with Pete Carroll. Um, uh, yeah, I, I love this team, uh, actually. Uh, one of my favorite teams in terms of draft values this year. I love Geno way above consensus. I love Lockett above consensus. I have DK right about consensus, and I like JSN right about consensus or above consensus. So I I love this offense. Um, Kenneth Walker, I love from a talent standpoint. I just think Charbonnet is going to be in too involved, especially as a pass catcher, for uh, Walker to shine like he did last year. I think Walker is kind of like a little bit overpriced, although he's going to dip because of the injury stuff. So he might be properly priced by that point. And Charbonnet, I think, is the um, properly priced as well. I've been taking him uh, a bit. So I have this team probably in the good to towards ex- more leaning excellent um, from fantasy standpoint. Okay. And, and yeah, Pete, we all know Pete Carroll is not shy about playing whatever hot hand he has at running back or healthy hand sometimes it feels like. And, it's uh, just, just really weird what happens to running backs every single year. All right, so that that's it. We got Buffalo, 
We got Miami, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Chargers. We got Dallas. We got Philadelphia. Those yep. are the, we got two, four, six, eight elite offenses in the NFL. Some leaners with the Jags, Tennessee. We 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 leaned at Detroit, Rob. We leaned at Detroit. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think. And I, yeah, just, a, just fantasy offensively. Did any of those teams? Did Dallas? Or Philadelphia knock Cincinnati off the pedestal? No, I still got to go Philly over or Cincy over Philly from a fantasy standpoint. Um, Joe yeah, Burrow. I, hey, I prefer Hurts over Burrow, but then looking yeah. at the running backs, I mean, I do actually prefer um, Mixon over either of the running backs. And then going to receivers, I got Chase over AJ Brown. And then I have Higgins and Devontae Smith back to back. So like either order, I have Higgins one spot ahead. Um, but Dallas Goddard is is well ahead of Irv. So there is that standpoint. Um, so it's it's close. It's very close. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if anyone wanted to put it either way. Uh, but they're one and two, I think. Uh, Cincy and Philly, one way, one and two when in some order. No concern over Burroughs calf. It does. It does. Concern me a little bit. Um, I dropped him in my rankings um, today behind Justin Herbert. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, because he's he's one of those big what, seven uh, quarterbacks, I believe, on the board yeah. there. So you got him now. Is he is he seven. Justin? Okay, I was gonna say he's last out of all those guys. Yeah, yeah. Herbert's sixth. Uh, I think it Fields fifth. Um, Lamar fourth, and then. Um, you know the big the big three there. Allen, Mahomes, Mahomes Allen, Hurts. Hurts is my one. That is the Prince of the Pomeranian Bowls over there on <laughs> Underdog. Rob Norton at Norton zero seven two three on TikTok and on Twitter. You've been able to pick his brain a little bit. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us over at FI Today with a little underscore, or you can get in touch with me at Loafing It Over on Twitter. I'll be happy to ask Rob any of those questions that you have. He has also uh, got a great chat room, uh, not only in the Bay Bowl chat, whenever you sign up for that over on Twitter, but also he, the Discord is go- red hot. Red hot right now, so make sure you join the Discord. You don't even have to join the Baby Bowl to get the Discord. You just get in the Discord and have all kinds of uh, a, a brain, brainy kind of people for fantasy football, just like Rob Norton, in there being able to answer any and all of your questions. So, Rob Norton, good job putting together Discord. Good job knowing everything before I've even said it. And I think that you are uh, applauded right now by Underdog Fantasy by joining all those Pomeranian contests. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, maybe they'll maybe they'll reach out and uh, we'll get a, a little sponsorship going for the for the Baby Wolf podcast or something. Oh. We'll have to see. Maybe they'll maybe they'll maybe they'll do something for us, but probably not, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, no, thanks, Wes. Every every week, uh, I look forward to talking football with you, talking baby ball, talking baseball. Um, it's always a nice nice fun time. So I appreciate it. Set aside that $50. Make sure you don't get burned out on joining Fantasy League so that you can join the Baby Bowl, pod, uh, Baby Bowl contest over uh, on uh, what My Fantasy League is where it is. And make sure you check out Rob Norton's pin tweet at Norton0723 on Twitter to find ways to join. We appreciate you all listening, and thank you very much uh, for participating with us in this fantasy year. <laughs>